It's time now for super psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell, and your golden years. Welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. This evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And today is Sunday, April the 14th, and we're back in beautiful Austin, Texas. We had some wild weather here this weekend, yesterday and the night before, and I hope that you're all safe where you are because I've heard that the weather was all over the country. Um, but now it's beautiful out, and we have a great show for you. And Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here with us making the program run as usual. And in a little while after the break, we'll be joined from New York City by clinical psychologists and owner of Being Centered Psychological Services, Drs. Anna Huff and Teresa Reyes-Castillo. And they'll be here to discuss their new book, Awaken Love. And also to talk about how we can integrate our soul and intuition into our daily life, which is the focus of their psychology practice in New York. And then Richard Foster, co-founder of SNF Athletes, will be joining us from Irving, Texas. And this is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to mentor young children to help them to become well-rounded individuals with passion in education, technology, enhanced life skills, health, and wellness. And Richard will be here to tell us about the program and what we can do to help. And also there's an upcoming event um, a mixer going on in Irving, Texas, where SNF is located on April 26th. So if you're in that area, you might want to listen and find out about that mixer. And I'll be speaking along the way. I'll be speaking about living a passionate life, which I've been discussing every week for a while. Um, and this week, I'm going to talk about the pillar, the the fourth pillar in the four pillars of living a passionate life, which is that of the magical power of generosity. And I will also be discussing one of the self-care bricks in the, in the foundation, which is giving ourselves permission to make room for our passion. You know, we get so busy in our lives doing things that take us away from our true purpose and passion and if we take a look we might be able to eliminate some things that no longer serve a purpose we're just doing them habitually so I'll talk about that and along well here we go and throughout this evening's program (laughs) we will have time to take your questions along the way so if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or if you'd rather email your questions, then you can email them, them directly to me during the program, and I will read them on the air to my guests. 
so they can answer them. And my email address is Dr. Mara, that's D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmarakarpel.com. Okay, so if you like this program and you want to hear it again, you can, because five minutes after the show ends, this will be converted immediately into a podcast. And you'll be able to just go to blogtalkradio.com slash your golden years, and you'll be able to hear the podcast. But also, later tonight, I will be posting a website link on my website, which will have the podcast in it, as well as all of the information, the website links and contact information that my guests give on the program. So if you miss any of that, you can go to my website link and it'll be there later this evening. And if you want updates about upcoming events, shows, um, my blog, uh, my book, my course, watch videos, watch my Facebook Live that I've been doing every Thursday at 8 p.m., Central Time, then go to my Facebook page, which is Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. And for all of the previous programs and um, to listen to this program, as I said, and get all of the information from this program and read my blogs and everything that I've done is there. It's a one-stop shop. Go to my website, drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, I'm a licensed psychologist from New York City practicing here in Austin, Texas, and in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. And I work with adults of all ages and have a specialty of working with seniors and with caregivers and for the past few years have also been evaluating veterans for PTSD. And part of the time, my office is in the wonderful Veterans Resource Center, Heroes Night Out, which is located in Cedar Park, Texas. And for information about this great resource for veterans and for veterans' families, check out their website at heroesnightout.org. Do you want to contact me? Do you have a question that you want to ask me or some information that you think that I should know about? Feel free to give me a call. 512-626-6973 is the number to call. Or send me an email to Dr. Mara, D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. Or you can go through my website, Dr. Mara Carpell, and just click on contact. And this program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psycta Productions, and sponsored by Dr. Ronald DeVere, neurologist, memory specialist, and author of the book, Memory Loss, Everything You Want to Know But Forget to Ask. To make an appointment with Dr. DeVere at his memory clinic in Lakeway, Texas, or to purchase a copy of his book, you can call him at 512-261-7909 or send him an email to rdevere, that's R-D-E-D-E-R-E, dot austin, dot com. And his book is also available on Amazon. And this evening's program is sponsored by StoryHouse. 
StoryHouse gathers your stories and turns them into multimedia collections that can be shared now and for generations to come. Have StoryHouse over to conduct a private interview in your home or invite them to your next big event or family reunion. StoryHouse, where your memories live. Find out more at yourstoryhouse.com or call 512-752. Okay, we're going to take a brief break. We're going to play a few of our sponsors' commercials. Um, But don't go anywhere because when we come back, we will be joined from New York City by clinical psychologists, Drs. Anna Huff and Teresa Reyes-Castillo, to talk about their book, Awaken Love, and also how we can all integrate our soul and intuition into daily life. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years. Specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia, Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the fact. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. And we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And joining us on the phone from New York City, we have clinical psychologists and co-owners of Being Centered Psychological Services, Drs. Anna Huff and Teresa Reyes-Castillo. Good evening, ladies. Hi. Good evening. Thanks for having us. Yes, this is great. Thanks for joining me. So um, just a reminder, there's a slight delay when we speak like this. So just it helps to know that. Um, So welcome. I hope you're doing well up there in New York, my hometown. (laughs) Um, Yes, it's great. And the weather's changing, too. Yeah, getting warmer, I've heard. Yes, it's super nice out. So so maybe you each can tell me a little bit about your background. And and you might want to lower the um, computer in the background because it's causing an echo. Um, just tell me each a little bit about 
a little bit about your background and and what led you to write this awesome book. Uh, I've been enjoying it. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so our backgrounds really go together. And yes, they're very similar as far as our training goes. So we okay. met in yeah we met in graduate school um, for clinical forensic psychology, and both ended up leaning more towards the clinical and spiritual side versus the forensic side. When we met, which is what our book's about, our book's about our journey together. It's a true story. So um, our journey together has been extremely spiritually based. We are twin flames, um, or twin souls is another way to say it. So we're two parts of one. And it's been a fascinating journey to go through from a clinical perspective um, in the work that we do, and then also just in our individual lives and understanding what that type of a journey is like for someone um, and to understand how intuition is integrated with that. And so we've had, it's, it's kind of been two different journeys laid together, right? So we've had the clinical side and the doctorate side, and then we've had the spiritual side, but we've walked it hand in hand throughout. Right, simultaneously. So we met in the graduate program and went through all of the clinical training in Fresno, California at Alliant International University, which is basically how we started um, kind of analyzing our own process of kind of individuation and then coming together as a couple, which is what the book mm-hmm. is about. Right, right. I I got, when you started, when you talk about the graduate program, I started reliving my graduate program, so I found myself skipping sections. Like, I don't, I don't want to relive that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and you were pretty open about how how crazy that time is. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I think part of it was giving and trying to give an internal experience of what we were going through versus the actual external, we went to class and we did this, you know. So it it brings up, it's supposed to elicit a lot of emotions. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, as I said, having been through a program like that, it, elicited a lot of emotions that I <laughs> I was like, no, I don't think I want to read that. <laughs> yeah, understandable. <laughs> so okay, so now tell tell us about the the spiritual part of that. The spiritual part of the journey because I know that the graduate school really doesn't focus on spirituality. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Um, so it it was interesting for us coming from such a strict, more science-based and psychology program. And then in our relationship, 
being, it felt like just being pulled into this spirituality together. Um, we often, because of the depth of our relationship, we would mirror each other. We would, um, so we would be displaying the, the same things. Like what I was feeling, Teresa would be um, feeling also. Um, and okay. so our spiritual connection was just, you could touch it. It was, it was there and it was prominent. And so even though our clinical focus while we were in school wasn't necessarily that, our relationship was, was pulling us there. And so we grew and expanded with it over time. We started learning about it just in our relationship and the benefit of, of having the background we, we do in psychology allowed us to analyze what was happening. Um, and so we started expanding and we started doing meditations together and started understanding each other's intuition and, and learning how to trust that. And um, our, it was so fascinating because our, our meditations grew. So we would meditate. We, we had this one house with couches across from each other and we would each meditate on a couch and we would um, end our meditation and they would be the same. So I would have hmm. imagery that was similar, if not the same as Teresa's imagery, and they would complement one another. Like we were both getting aspects of the same picture, but not always the same aspects. And it was interesting because we would do this even in group meditations that we would attend. And people would often say, we want to hear what happened because it was always so fascinating how one of us would say one piece and the other would say the other. And they would just, you know, it's like having a story, but only that could be shared by both people. Yeah. Uh -huh. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, so now, you know, and I know that the book is about, you, you know, the story of all of that and your relationship and how that, that grew. And, and that, and now you, you moved from California back to New York. And you went into practice together. So <clears throat> what is, how did you bring all of that into your practice and helping other people? So uh, we initially started a private practice in Connecticut because my family is based in Connecticut. And um, mm -hmm. we just kept getting moved. It was almost like um, we started the private practice in Ridgefield, and then it got moved to Fairfield, and then it got moved to Westport, and then it got moved into New York City. And part of that is we were growing out of our – we were outgrowing the model that we were laying out as we were laying it out. It was kind of mm -hmm. an interesting process. And so we're now in in New York City and almost starting over. We're rebranding re in order to accommodate uh, guiding people through a developmental journey through a spiritual side versus just a psychological so really mm -hmm. incorporating the development of uh, their soul and 
and integration of their psychology with their soul and also mm -hmm. our kind of specialty would be working with twin flame relationships. Okay. So what does that mean, twin flame relationship? Okay. So twin flames are, are um, also referred to as twin souls. So twins, um, there are actually many out there. Twin flames are two, considered to be two pieces of one soul. So from a spiritual perspective, the entirety of our, of our soul isn't always here. We have aspects of it that are present and we can access our full capacity. Um, a twin soul is two people, right? Um, like Teresa and I are two people, but we both have aspects of the same soul. So it's an interesting relationship dynamic that is not consistent with how we usually view relationships. And the relationship is more intense, um, to say the least. The two people work in unison with one another, and the intuition between the two is phenomenally strong and consistent. Um, it's, it's almost as if you can, <laughs> you can tell that the two people somehow are, are one. And it, uh -huh. it's interesting watching a twin relationship because it's, it's hard to describe. Um, but you do when you see it. There's something about it where they don't, the two people do not seem separate like we would expect. Um, or we would say it's, you know, healthy, right? Um, the two people operate in this incredible fluidity with one another. Like synchronicity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's your specialty is uh, those, the couples that are twin flames. Right, and right now we're we have a lot of patients that are um, either working through conflict, so they're not uh, with their other half, but know who they are. So the majority of our our patients right now are um, in the stage of trying to figure out how to get um, overcome the conflict stage uh -huh. which is okay in, in our book it's broken up into three different sections and the first part of it is is the initial kind of recognition wow this is powerful and then the the second part is the conflict that comes up when two people truly see each other for for who they are and their different layers versus um, people in, I guess we could call it normal relationships where, where you can have this kind of um, place your, your, your good foot forward. The, that doesn't happen in, in twin relationships. It's almost like you just see everything all at once and all the layers which brings up all of the conflict, which is what the second part of the book is about and the third mm -hmm. um, sort of a resolution of that. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, 
Okay. So I'm curious because you mentioned something about how you sort of outgrew your your places in Connecticut and ended up in New York. Do you feel that that was because the type of work that you're doing is more accepted in New York? Partially, yes. Yes, um, absolutely. It's Okay. It's really been a, a fascinating journey to take. You know, looking looking back on the time that we've had, it's you can see it. You can see all the pieces. And so um complete respect for the journey that we've walked and and yeah, we've we've collected a lot of pieces of, of who we are, of what we do, of what we can provide, of of um um, finding the people who who need this type of work, yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Right. Right. I, I, you know, I, I certainly have seen where you know certain types of approaches, psychological approaches, are more acceptable in some places than other places. So you can't really do what you want to do everywhere. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So so what does it usually involve? What do you what does your type of of therapy involve? How is it different? So uh we what's does we see patients together, so we do co therapy. Um and part of the reason You mean the two of the two, two of you together. Yeah. Correct. Yes. So, mm-hmm. And part of the reason we do co-therapy is because we are also giving the patient the experience of twin flames having a resolution and working together and also allowing patients to experience our combined intuition, which is actually something that we are currently writing about and and doing we're starting to do case studies on and and getting feedback from patients about their experience of of us having two therapists first of all and then us and our intuition separate and together the the kind of the the most difference is us being in the room together doing therapy. So then to extend on that, and I think that was so well worded, um, our actual approach, so we view the physical self, including thoughts and emotions, as pieces that are meant to be guidance and helpful, and that if a person can root themselves in base in their spiritual experiences, in their soul, they can understand that the thoughts and emotions are not them and that they can utilize those aspects to be helpful day to day and to help the spiritual and the physical integrate that thoughts and emotions aren't meant to be ignored, that they're not meant to take over, um, that mental illness is not something we have to kind of cope with and get by with and learn how to just deal with, that, that there's a, another way to live life that it can be more in-depth and more meaningful and that um, those aspects actually come up to get our attention. And um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you found, you know, and so my question about that is, have you found that this kind of work helps people with issues like anxiety, aside from the the relationship issues, but issues of anxiety and depression and uh, other sorts of, you know, mental health issues since you, you just yes. m- yes. mentioned Cons- mental illness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so consistently, yes. Um, we've actually found the approach and we've we've wondered, right, about if it's partly due to our work together or the work itself. Um, but it, yes, yes, it it's it's not just a managing of of symptoms clients have reported no longer experiencing anxiety no longer experiencing depression um, we've had clients with psychotic symptoms that resolve the psychotic symptoms um so it's it's been phenomenal on our end to to, to watch and to to be a part of so what do you attribute that to? A lot of it to the working with the spiritual aspects um, and understanding mm-hmm. how to actually utilize our thoughts and our emotions as guidance and not as something to take over and to help people really root in that deeper sense of who they are and to stem mm-hmm. off from there. So also... Right. We have um, a clinical background with uh, our our forensic degrees, so it it brought in some of the um, I guess the the mystery and the art from what would be considered psychoanalysis and analysis. So the original works of Freud and Jung, where they were talking about uh, the unconscious and imagery and archetypes and things of that nature where uh, Jung really started to look at Trania and psychotic breaks with this kind of this loss in the physical world so the loss of the ego and um So we're taking in the client's information and allowing it to be information and allowing them to ground in the physical reality with the information that they're getting uh, so that they're not overwhelmed by their um, sensory experiences that may be explained outside of the physical reality. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So it's a different frame to see their symptoms. Yes. Necessarily yeah. symptoms. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great way to word it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it sounds like you're also letting people know, I mean, you know, giving people that feeling and, and understanding and being able to access the fact that they're a lot more than what what they have thought that they were, right? We're much deeper and there's a, we're, there's a lot more to us and we have a lot more um, capacity to be truly passionate beings as unique as we are. 
that's how I took in what you were saying. <laughs> absolutely. That was an amazing <laughs> rephrase of what we said. Yes, absolutely. Excellent, Excellent recap. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Well, that fits great for the topics that I'm always talking about, about living a passionate life. You know, I think people get stuck in the in the the idea that we have to live a certain way and we all have to experience the world in a certain way and, and fit in our lane. <laughs> when really when we we're so much more than that and when we have access to that we can really be truly passionate, joyful beings. Yes, absolutely. Agree. Okay. So now, um, you know, I know that your practice is in the New York area. And, uh, you know, so, and, and they, you know, certainly I want to have people um, know where you're located and how to contact you if they're interested in having treatment with you. But before we get to that, I mean, we have people listening all over. And I'm wondering if you have any suggestions for listeners who who want to be able to act, you know, have more um, access to their intuition and the integration with their soul and feel that deep passion in their life rather than, you know, getting stuck in their symptoms. And if you have suggestions about how, what they might do or, you know, I don't know, any suggestions? Sir, uh, I think one of the things that has really helped us uh, get started was being in silence. And so, Mm. um, which was really helpful, actually, uh, through our our program at Alliant, we had this professor that would do what... um, what he called Jungian retreats and had us read Jungian texts and do silent retreats. And they were only for, um, for a weekend. So started on Friday and ended on Monday morning. And really, uh, it, it really allowed us to expand our concepts of normal things like time. Uh, we, during those retreats, we didn't have access to our cell phones. We didn't have access to literal time as far as clocks and timepieces and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And uh, we were not allowed to bring things that were considered work. We could only bring things that were either um, reading for pleasure or reading Jungian's text, which was to kind of go in deeper and kind of do more of like a self-journey because that's kind of what his writings were about. And I think during those retreats, it was just the very beginning of everything that, that was to come. And we were able to really allow ourselves to get deeper with ourselves and and I think that that was just infinitely helpful mm-hmm. I will I will add to this if this is okay um 
I completely agree the times of silence, and we still do that. Sometimes we'll have days where we just do that, and the amount of information that just comes from within during those times is phenomenal. And another piece that I would add to that, I suppose two pieces. One is connection with nature in some way, even if it's just sitting out, really having physical contact with nature, it, it's it's irreplaceable, right? So um, putting your feet on the soil or sitting down on the ground or anything to, to really get you in touch with, with nature. And then also what we call leaning in to the thoughts and the emotions that are so bothersome and giving them respect and space and trying to understand why they're happening versus um, avoiding them or pushing back from them or being scared of them, right? Um, it's just us in there. <laughs> it's just us. Mm-hmm. So if we can try to imagine them or view them as helpful and try to understand what they're trying to our thoughts and emotions are trying to help us discover. It can really change the way we live our lives. I like all of that. That sounds really great. Great, great suggestions. I think that we can, we would all benefit from going into silence and not keeping track of the time and definitely putting our feet on the earth and not running from our emotions. That's, yeah, awesome. So now if people are in the New York area and they're interested in finding out about your practice um, and also getting a hold of your book, um, how can they do that? So our book is available on Amazon. It's called Awaken Psyche and it's love. Oh, Awaken Love. Sorry, I mixed that up. Oh, I'll tell you why in a second. So it's called Awaken Love and uh-huh. Kindle and Print. Um, so our business is actually changing. So we're developing an institute that will be open August or September, hopefully hmm. earlier we're trying. And our institute is called Awaken Psyche. That's why I had the mix up. So Awaken Psyche Institute. And the institute is an expansion of our work and includes um, – the research component, the research that we're doing in the in the field for psychology, and to help lay the groundwork for all of this. And so, okay, our while we're being centered right now, and that website's being beawakenpsyche.com, and then, yeah, yeah, okay, great. Well, I'll post that on my um, on the website post about this show so people can take a look and they can at least go to the Being Centered um, website right now. And so when you switch it over, will people, will you, if people go to, still go to Being Centered, will it take them to the new website when you create it? Yeah. Yeah. They'll be redirected. Yep. Okay, great. So I'll just post that Being Centered and then that way um, people won't get confused <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be helpful, yes. To not yeah. get people okay. confused. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, this is great. Really interesting stuff and really good work. I'd be interested to read your research when you're when you're done with that. Um so we'll have to stay in touch. Maybe come back Absolutely. on and talk about it. Mhm. Absolutely. All right. 
So thank you so much for for making time to be on the program this evening. This was really enjoyable. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much for having us. And thank you for providing what you provide. This is great. Yes, it's an amazing podcast. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's my passion. So <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, you have a good evening. Thank you. You, well. you too. All right. Bye-bye now. Bye. All right, so we have lots more to come. Um, We're taking a short break, and don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas. Every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. And we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpel in your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpel.com. And that was really interesting, and I really do highly recommend their book, Awaken Love. I've been reading it, and it's really, really interesting. And I absolutely agree that the, in the, with those suggestions, um, having silent, touching the earth, and not running from your emotions. And, you know, sometimes you need help with that, and so if you need help in your area, um, it would be good to find a psychologist that you feel comfortable with wherever you live to help you with that journey. And um, so I'm going to talk a little bit more about living a passionate life. And um, before our next guest joins us, Richard Foster, um, who will be talking about a mentoring program for children. Um, but before I go to even that part of it, let me just fill you in on the latest news. So Thursday night, if you have not seen them yet or heard me speak about them, Thursday nights at 8 p.m., I have been um, recording a Facebook Live series on my Facebook page, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. I'm also uploading those videos to YouTube. Some of them have been uploaded. Some have not been captured. Uh, I had a little trouble with the technical part, but the most recent one will be uploaded. The last week's was uploaded. And I've been talking about the, um, similarly to what I've been talking about here, uh, the living, how to live a passionate life. Um, But I try to make it slightly different so that you can listen to both and get something new from each one. Um, so I just did one on Thursday night, and that was about um, generosity, which I'm going to talk about here as well, but maybe just a little uh, different aspect of it. I'm also going to be talking about um, some of the bricks in in the self-care 
the foundation of living a passionate life. So um, I'll be talking about that today, and I'll go a little deeper on Thursday evening if you watch me on Facebook Live. And um, those all, you know, they live forever on Facebook, so you'll be able to find them if you miss them, and as I said, on YouTube. Um, I just posted a very brief mini blog today in thriveglobal.com and on medium.com, and I will be uploading that to my website, Dr. Mara Carpell, this evening. Um, and that, so that was just a little mini blog, and now I'm getting ready to publish a much longer, deeper blog this week. Um, probably, it'll probably um, be published tomorrow. So um, if you follow me on my Facebook page, you'll know whenever the blogs are published. Let me see what else I have new. The course is coming along. I will, I will be letting you know when it's ready. And um, that's the Living the Passionate Life core, online course. Uh, I have a radio interview where I will be interviewed about my book, The Passionate Life, um, in May. And I will give you the link to that when I have it. And I will also be interviewed um, for another blog uh, podcast in July. All right. So that's the news. So I wanted to talk about generosity because we talked about the other three of the four pillars of living a passionate life. These are must essentials in, in having a sustainable passionate life, following your dreams. So we talked about um, gratitude, which is, um, you know, cultivating gratitude, which is important so that you're coming from a place of having enough and being enough so that um, you're not coming from a place of scarcity or desperation because then when you're following a dream, you're only focused on the outcome and you're not focused on the journey. And the whole point of living a passionate life is having joy in the journey every day. Um, I mean, of course, things happen. You don't feel joyful every day, but you being able to be more resilient to the things that happen and bounce back and feel joy. Um, I talked about um, compassion and how that's a necessary part of living a passionate life, that if we don't have compassion for other people and we're only focused on ourselves, then our passionate life is not sustainable. We're not going to continue to feel passion, um, you know, in a, in a, for, a long, for a long time for this sustainable way. We really need to have a view of the bigger picture and having compassion for other people. And there's a lot of magic that comes from the pain of having compassion, that when we feel compassion for other people, and we show it to them, there's appreciation from that person. There's a, we can tell that we have lifted some of their burden just by being there in a compassionate way. And we're, we're much more, we, we fill our heart with so much more love and joy. So I've been reading this book, Shambhala, the uh, way of the warrior, I think it's called. <laughs> but he talks about how 
someone who is a peaceful warrior, as he calls it, which in my interpretation is living a passionate life and, and really feeling connected with the universe, that there is pain involved. And that pain, the pain of compassion, the pain of opening our heart to other people is what gives us the capacity to fill our heart and to have our heart filled with love. That when we close our heart off from other people, then we can't, we can't have that full feeling of love and joy. So it's, you know, we have to be able to feel all ranges of emotion and allow people in and, in, and be able to feel, allow the feeling of pain for them. And then last week I talked about the most fun part of the most fun pillar of living a passionate life, which is allowing ourselves to dream and following our dream and really enjoying that and playing with that. And so I want to talk about generosity this evening. And and I did receive a question last week and I answered it on my Facebook Live, but I'll answer it again. And the question was, what's the difference between compassion and generosity? So compassion is the feeling. Compassion is that feeling where we can feel another's pain, that we're that our heart is soft, it's open, it's not hardened, and there's not a shell around it, there's not armor around it. That's compassion. And we can show our compassion by letting other people, letting that person know that we can hear them and we understand them. Generosity is an action. So the two overlap quite a bit. Very often when we feel compassion, it it inspires us to be generous and to be generous in spirit, showing kindness to other people and and you know, helping them in some way, whether it's by giving money or or donate donating, you know, clothing, things of that sort, but also it can also be donating our time through volunteering or do, or or giving kindness, doing kind acts. So that can be inspired by compassion. But sometimes people who have compassion are uh have that scarcity uh, feeling because they're not practicing gratitude enough, I suppose, and they're afraid to be generous. So they feel the compassion, but they feel kind of helpless. Um, So having compassion without the generosity can actually be uh, very painful and and it's not very helpful. Um, It doesn't lead to magic because you feel helpless if you have compassion and people are in pain, but you feel too scared to do anything to help them and to give, be generous. So it, you can have the feeling without the action, but you can also have the action without the feeling. Sometimes people just decide that they're going to be generous, maybe for their own religious, spiritual reasons. Um, or they just think that they're a better person if they do kind acts. Um, we had Andy Smallman on the program, and he is the founder of KindLiving.net. And there are compassion games, and where they actually do people do kind acts, and people in, you know engage in in competitions of kindness. 
they don't necessarily have compassion when they start out. But I would say that when you perform kind acts, actually elicits the feeling of compassion after a while. When we do things for other people, so this is a really good practice being generous if we're not able to if we just don't have the ability to feel compassion that we're not used to that emotion that it's kind of a scary um, scary emotion so we haven't built that muscle where we can feel compassion without feeling scared of it um, then the way to sort of build that muscle and generate that feeling of compassion that might be new for us is to engage in kind acts even if we're not inspired by compassion yet. Because when we do kind acts, when we're generous and we give our time, our kindness, our money, um, our objects, then over time we start to develop compassion, especially when we see the people that we are helping with the kind acts. Sometimes they're done anonymously and that's great, but we don't get to see and have that satisfaction of, wow, I really helped somebody. And when we see that the result of it, it actually inspires that feeling of compassion. So so the other thing that it inspires is that it inspires just a feeling of joyfulness a feeling of um, purpose and meaning in our life when we are generous, and it and it also improves our mood, our um, our sleep, and our and our health. So, how does it do that? I've spoken about this before. Um, there have been studies that show that when people uh, volunteer, they actually have what's called the helper's high, which is the um, it in volunteering and helping people, it actually triggers the release of endorphins so that they actually, um, those endorphins are the feel-good chemicals and they actually have an increase of their mood. They feel happiness and a decrease of pain. There was a study with, with seniors who volunteered and felt and found that those seniors were more joyful in their lives, and they also had more had less physical pain and better sleep at night. It also elicits the production of immunoglobin A, which is the natural immune boosting chemical in our own bodies. So they had they didn't get sick as often. They had less disease. So that's pretty amazing. That's pretty magical by engaging in kind acts. Um, we also have talked about on this program the um, the Mother Teresa effect, which is watching other people engage in kind acts um, is extremely magical. So they, you know, as I've mentioned before, they've had video, they've done a study where they had videos of Mother Teresa and the people watching it had that same production of uh, endorphins, as well as serotonin, which is the chem brain chemical that improves our mood and helps our sleep, and the production of immunoglobin A. So just watching someone engage in generous acts will help us to get healthier. And, and we've all experienced this because, you know, those um, 
generous acts caught on video that go around social media and Facebook are really, really popular. And I would say that most people who are on social media are watching um, videos of kind acts and feeling really, really good. And um, there was a study and there was a professor at, I'm looking for the last time when I was talking about it, I couldn't find the reference. So I'm looking right now for the reference. Um, His name was Dr. Height. Still can't find it. But anyway, he talked about it as the elevation effect where we feel like this fullness in our chest our heart feels like it's going to burst and we feel warm and tingly feelings and even a little choked up and teary when we watch other people engage in kind acts and it inspires us to engage in kind acts. So when you do something generous for someone else, you're not just helping that person that you're generous toward and you're not just helping yourself because you are getting the release of those wonderful chemicals and immune boosters and you're feeling like a purpose in your life and it's a magical feeling but you're also helping anyone who happens to observe your generosity so they have that feeling as well and then it it ripples it's a ripple effect they feel inspired to engage in kind and generous activities themselves so we can actually change the world and improve our own health and emotional wellness one kind generous act at a time but keep in mind that it only works you don't have any expectation that the person that you're kind to will pay you back or even with appreciation or that they will even use your generous gift in the way that you want them to. Because once you put that expectation out there, you have just taken away all the benefits to yourself. Um, you don't get that same magical feeling because you're waiting to be repaid or to see if that generous gift is being used in the way that you want. So you have just added a negative to what could be a very magical, positive experience. So you need to do it and let it go. Just know that you did what you could to help someone and then not expect anything in return. And just one more thing before we go to our next guest, and that is I did mention that I was going to talk about uh, bricks, uh, a brick in the foundation of self-care and um, <clears throat> making room in our lives for more passion. So I'm going to talk about that next week or in two weeks because next week is Easter, so we won't have a show. But I'm going to talk about that in two weeks. I'm also going to talk about that this Thursday night on the Facebook Live video So if you would watch it live at 8 p.m. on Thursday on my Facebook page or watch it afterwards on my Facebook page or on YouTube or on my website, since we don't have the time this evening, and that's a whole separate topic, giving ourselves permission to make room in our busy lives for our passion and maybe kind of rethinking some of the things that we're in the habit of doing that are not really serving um, any positive beneficial purpose in our lives. All right. 
So on that note, I'm gonna I I want to go directly to our next guest on the on the right after talking about being generous because I think that this fits with this gives us an opportunity for us to be to um, perform acts of kindness and generosity. So our next guest joining us on the phone from Irving, Texas, is, is Richard Foster, the co-founder of S&S Athletics. <coughs> and um, he's going to tell us about the program. Welcome, Richard. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being on the program. And... Um, I, I, you know, we had a really nice conversation yesterday about what you're doing and what SNF Athletics is like, and I think it's so important. So maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about how it started and what it is now, what your focus is. Uh, I'm, like she said, my name is Richard Foster. I am the uh, co-founder and executive director of SNF Athletes. We uh, originally started this organization with the focus of working with student athletes. Kind of give you a little bit of background history on on that. Uh, myself and the uh, co-founder uh, worked it at the same high school, and we ended up attending a signing day. And of course, here in Texas, you know, signing day has become a big deal. And mm-hmm. uh, when we was at that event we noticed there wasn't, you know, a lot of uh, students out there signing a letter of intent. So we kind of took it up on ourselves to start an organization that would help student athletes and get them ready and prepared for uh, college. And, you know, a year or two into it, we felt like that, you know what, we could probably be more productive by working with the kids at a younger age. So we went from working with students, athletes at the high school level to youth at a younger, excuse me, at a younger age. And that's where we're at today. Our focus is mentoring to uh, youth from uh, 5 to 12, which that, that is the grade between 8th and 8th grade. Mm-hmm. Right. And you talked about how it's not, it's not so much focused on athletics anymore. No, it's not. Our our focus really education and and going originally going into it that was going to be our focus is the education side of not so much of the athletic side. I know when you hear mm-hmm. our name, our name is uh, will probably give you an idea that we're all about sports, but we're really not. You know, S and F athletes stand for skill and faith athletes. Skill is, when you think about it, is your ability. Faith is your confidence. And when you think of the word athlete, it is willing to compete. So that's how uh, we, we come up with that name. And we feel that, you know, we probably could have changed the name, but we want to keep the name. But at the same time, make people more aware of what we're about and what we're doing. And our focus is working with youth. We have a, we offer an after-school program and when you think about dealing with kids after school, you know, youth crime rate is high between that 3.30 and, and 7 o'clock. So and that's usually mm. that's the time that we usually offer our after-school program is from 4.30 to 6.30. And our focus is making sure that 
will being that extra pair of hands, that extra pair of eyes that a lot of our parents need. A lot of our kids that we work with come from single-parent homes, and a lot of them is coming from homes where you got mom, grandma, and aunt, but where's dad, uncle, grandpa? So a lot of the kids Mm -hmm. that uh, I work with, a lot of them see me as the grandpa figure, which I'm okay with that. But at the same Uh time... I'm showing them that, that, that positive male love, that positive male role model that they need in their life, and, and hopefully that I'm giving them a vision of what that love should look like coming from a male. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and, and what kind of things do you have uh, that you offer at, your, at the program? One of the, uh, we offer several things. Our focus is giving these kids an opportunity to experience things that they normally would. At the same time, it's giving them an opportunity to find their passion. So one of the things that some of the things that we offer, of course, kind of give you guys an idea, the breakdown of how a session would look if you walked in. From 4:30 to 5 is the time that we have slotted where the kids come in and able to work on homework. You know, if they want to read, they can read during that time, or they can write in their journal. We we pretty much give them an opportunity to invent if they want to. So we give them a journal to write in if that's what they want to do. From 5 to about 5:30 is when the actually mentoring session. It's not a long one; it's just a 30-minute session. Gives an opportunity to work on things, and it gives us an opportunity to induce different topics that we work with to help them develop and, and give them the skills that they need. Right now we're on the topic of financial literacy. That's, that's <laughs> one of the topics that we're on now. Uh, the other thing that we offer from like 530 to about 630, there are several things that we have put in place that uh, the kids will have an opportunity to experience. We offer dance. Uh, we, we are partnered with an organization called Sojo Foundation, that comes in and in help the kids develop their basketball skills. We have a young man come in uh, named Dylan Foster come in to teach the kids karate. We have two uh, dance instructors that come in and teach the kids dance. And we have partnered up with Camp Gladiator, which is uh, a gentleman named Dylan yeah. comes in yeah, and work with the kids on yeah, we had someone Excuse from me? Camp Gladiator on it. We had someone from Camp Gladiator on a few weeks ago. How really? funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have partnered up with them, and they come in once a week because the rec center that we're in right now, we meet there twice a week. So they'll come in one day a week and work with the kids on physical fitness. So mm-hmm. th- these are the things that we're offering. We're working on to expand that to offer our kids more things to experience, to give them that opportunity to find their niche, to find something that right. they'd be interested in. Yeah, yeah. I remember when we talked, we talked about music and uh, technology and things of that sort as well. I guess it all depends on all the uh, who you can get to volunteer there, right? Exactly. That's that's <laughs> that's been a challenge for us. <laughs> Uh, bringing in uh, volunteers and and getting that financial uh, support that we'll need. I mean, you know, people tend to think that, you know, it's free, so it's okay, but they don't look at the back end of it. Free costs, just like anything else. So that's that's where we're at, and and that's what we're wanting to do is is attract people that wants to come in and, and really 
help our youth. You know, we, we talk about their all future. Here's an opportunity for anyone to come in to really invest in our future, as in investing in our youth. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, and and I know in our conversation we were talking about how you know um, if if people aren't exposed, if, if children, if children aren't exposed to things that that help them to know their passion or their talents, then they may go through life and never know that they have that hidden talent or they have that passion. Exactly. And and that's what we're wanting to do, and that's 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 our focus is to make sure we give them that opportunity. I mean, yeah. there, there are so many things out there that a lot of these kids don't know that's out there. There's a lot of opportunities out there that these kids don't know that these opportunities out there. So, you know, getting getting them now, you know, with that between that age five and twelve, and working with them and allowing them to experience these different uh, opportunities, when you think about it, we're not just affecting that kid or just the family. It goes beyond that. It, it goes beyond to where we're affecting the community, the city, and, and if you really think about it, the police department, because we're also working with this kid to hopefully decrease a negative behavior that may be developed in that kid. So, we're not just affecting that, that kid and that family. It, it, it goes beyond that as well. Right, right, because if kids find their passion and their their talent, then they have no reason to to get involved in, in criminal behavior like you were saying. So so what sort of things do you, do you you know, I, I guess people are probably wondering, well, why does it cost them money? Um, what sort of things are you looking to do to expand so that, you know, that would cost money that you kind of holds you back in expanding without that money? When, when you think about, uh, I mean, we, we are a volunteer-driven organization, but at the same time, you know, people will come in and volunteer their time, and, and we know, you know, they've got to put food on the table just like anybody else. So we want to be mm-hmm. able to compensate them, just like the gentleman come in that teaches karate. I mean, <clears throat> he would be able to do that if he was being compensated, just like, you know, uh, you paying your taxes to pay a teacher or pay a police officer or to pay a, a firefighter. Uh, it's the same thing with us. You know, we want to be able to compensate. So we want to be able to bring in more people. We ain't saying we're trying mm-hmm. to pay them a full salary, but be able to compensate them to, to to allow them the opportunity to be able to come in and teach more kids. Right now, everything we do is right there within that rec center. We can't go outside that rec center because one of the challenges that we are facing right now is transportation. You know, transportation we don't mm-hmm. have. And that's one of the biggest challenges that we have. A lot of the other challenges that we're facing is, you know, material it is we're limited on the, the amount of material that we can get for these kids to allow them to experience. So right. these are the limitations that we, we are faced with and the challenges that we are faced with because we want to be able to take these kids out on uh, field trips. And we ain't talking about taking them out of the city, but we're talking about taking them to places that they will enjoy at the same time, places that these kids didn't know they had the opportunity to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Mhm. So, 
So how can people um, help? How can people out there who want to practice generosity be of help to to you, to SNF athletes? They, they can easily reach out to me at uh, my email address is rfoster at snfathlete.com, or they're more than welcome to go to our website and, and look at information and, and be able to uh, get the information that they would need. Our website is www.sfathlete.com. So those are the two ways that you'll be able to reach out to me, and I'll be more than happy to send you more information concerning our organization that will give you that information that you will need that will show you and instruct you how to get involved. Okay, okay. And there may be some people who want to volunteer if they're up in your area. Um, So your email is rfoster at sfathlete.com? Yes, ma'am. All right. Uh, I'm going to post that and the website link on my website later tonight. So if people missed it, can go and just go right there to my website at the post about this show, and they can click on it. Um, all right. So, and you and I and you also for people who are in the um, Dallas or Irving, Texas area. Uh, you're having a mixer, right? Yes. Uh, April the 26th, we're, we're having our SNF uh, community uh, networking mixer. That also would give, you know, people and in, 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 in the community an opportunity to experience what we do and what other organizations that is in this area, what they're offering. We want to be able to educate and get awareness out there, of course, what SNF is doing, but we also want to get the awareness out there of what other organization that is in this area, what they're offering as well. So we, we will be put, we, we will have our mixer. It'll be our first, uh, April the mm-hmm. 26th. And also that information, there's a flyer that I will be more than happy to send to you it, in, and on that flyer, it would have the information that would tell you or instruct you how to register to participate in our mixer on the 26th, and it's in okay. Irving as well. What time of day is that? We would, It would be from 5.30 to 8.30. Okay, so if people work, they can still make it. All right, yes. and I, I think I have a copy of that, so I'm going to post that as well on my website, the information about it. I, I found I found the flyer. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I hope that you know that there will be people who are interested in in helping. It sounds like a really really important program and a wonderful program, really positive program for kids. Um, catching them at an age where it's really just like the perfect time to to catch them. Um, to to move in a positive direction. So that's really wonderful, and um, I'll be posting all the information. And thank you so much, Richard, for coming on the program and talking about it and for what you're doing. Thank you so much for having us, and I am really looking forward to the opportunity to network or interact with anyone that is willing to come out and 
and, and help our youth. And you really don't have to come out and volunteer. I, I invite anyone to just come out and, and just observe what we do. Before you mm-hmm. make a decision to do anything, I welcome anyone to come out and observe what we do. All you got to do is email me, and I'll be more than happy to email you the information of where we're located. Okay, great. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much, and, and best of luck to you. Thank you. All right. Have a good evening. You too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. So um, I'll be posting that information on my website for anybody that's interested. And, um, okay, we don't have a musician this evening, so I'm going to just jump right to the let you know what's happening in the next couple of weeks. Um, Next Sunday, April 21st, we'll be out um, for Passover and Easter, and we'll be playing an encore of the show that I was just talking about uh, with Andy Smallman, the founder of kindliving.net, and he the benefits of kindness. And Kristen Wright was on that show talking about her experiencing wit- experiencing a her experiencing when witnessing what is happening with asylum seekers at the border. So that was very interesting. And then the following week, we'll be back April 28th. And I'm really excited because the teacher of a class that I am taking right now, he's awesome, will be joining us. I've had personal experience taking um, his class and, and learning what he is teaching. And he'll be joining us to talk about some of that. He's a veteran, a motivational speaker, and author of Fear Bana. The Revolutionary Science of How to Turn Fear into Health, Wealth, and Happiness. And it actually has a foreword by the Dalai Lama. Dalai Lama wrote a foreword to his book. And his name is Akshay Nanabhati. And he'll be joining us to talk about his book, about his really interesting life, and about how we can all move past fear and live happy, successful, and meaningful lives. And then we will also have um, Nashville singer-songwriter Carly Mack to join us, and we'll be playing some of her original music. So it'll be a great show, as it always is. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from this program and get the website links that my guests spoke about on the program and um, read my blogs, listen to previous shows, uh, you can do that by going to my website, drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And you can also find out what's happening in future shows and um, whenever I post the blog and any other news by following me on Facebook. You can also see my Facebook Live videos. Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years is my name on Facebook. And you can hear this show in as soon as five minutes from now. And all of our previous shows that we have done with Blog Talk Radio by going to blog, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash Your Golden Years. And this program was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by neurologist and memory specialist, Dr. Ronald DeVere, and by Storyhouse. And special thanks to my guests, Dr. Anna Huff, Dr. Teresa Reyes-Castillo, Richard Foster, and of course, thank you to Art, 
And thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring couple of weeks. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone, and have a wonderful holiday. offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show.